Okay, welcome to another episode of the Startup Sec podcast, where we do interviews with Sacramento startup founders and innovators. Today, I'm with Kim Box, who is the president and CEO of Gatekeeper Innovation. Welcome, Kim. Thanks for joining Thank us you. today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's start off um, with you telling us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and your experience in entrepreneurship and business? Okay. Well, actually, I have a little bit of an interesting journey getting to this entrepreneurship type of uh, lifestyle I've come into. I worked at HP for 29 years, and I was an executive in the IT services space, led a billion-dollar global organization around the world, and transformed a lot of different things, and uh, about eight years ago, decided to take kind of a a bit of a change in direction and, and see about leaving HP and doing things different than I had been doing in the past. And one of the things that really interested me, just as a complete backdrop, is doing things that felt very purposeful, that made a difference in the community and the world whatnot. So um, I did a few different things. I wrote a book on diversity and leadership, and I also started a nonprofit called Pathway to Prevention, which was prevention of teenage drug and alcohol addiction. We produced a documentary which won an Emmy and is being shown across the nation. So that was an, that was about, you know, we completed that about four or five years ago. And um, I'm also on a bank board of directors and serve on nonprofit boards. Did a few other entrepreneurial things, a few startups of my own. And a little over a year ago, got introduced to this opportunity, which has become kind of the perfect trifecta in my journey because it, it coupled not only my leadership background that I have at HP, transformation, leadership, strategy, um, but also my passion for prevention, which is at the heart of what we do here at Safer Lock, and my love of entrepreneurship. Okay, so um, talk a little bit about, we're here at Gatekeeper Innovation. What is Gatekeeper Innovation in a nutshell, and, and what is the origin story for, for Gatekeeper? So Gatekeeper, and also known as Safer Lock, is really all about medication safekeeping. And the origins of the company were uh, Deborah Simpson got in a car, very serious car accident. And after she was going through all her rehabilitation from various surgeries, uh, her young, youngest son got addicted to her painkillers. And um, she asked her other son to help find a way to lock them up, like something she could keep in her medicine chest and her purse and various places and couldn't find anything. So her, her older son, Joseph Simpson, invented the Safer Lock. And it's, it's basically a very simple product where if you're on the combination, the cap comes off very easily. If you're not on the combination, if the combination is mixed up, it just spins endlessly. And there's no way to get into it without breaking the bottle. And, and really what you want is something that would deter a young, curious teen, babysitters, housekeepers, um, from pilfering and sneaking a few pills because Deborah knows that if she had had that, her son wouldn't have been able to sneak a few pills here and there. She at first thought it was the pharmacist shorting her and then found out, unfortunately, it was more than that. And that's how Safelock was born. So what, how did, what was the development process for that like in developing, you got a patent for that, or, or the founders did. And so what's that process like? So the team started working on it early on. So they started the company about six years ago. So I've been with the company about a year and a half now as the CEO and president. And what they did was they went through various trial and error with different models and different designs. And when they, when they honed in on the one that was the real uh, design that you see here, they then got that patented and then we actually have issued patents. So we are fully patented. Um, nobody can do the locking mechanism. Nobody can do it on the standard. These are standard prescription bottles that we fit on. As a matter of fact, this is the Walgreens type bottle. 
you know, there's all different types and we can do a closure for any of them and the patent is secure for all of that. So we've really captured this space, if you will, of this type of locking mechanism for prescription bottles. And that, so that's been on the market for how long? Uh, about two and a half years, maybe two years, that this product has been fully on the market. And we have, we're in several different stores. We're in 66 Lowe's, which you might think, what is a medicine mm. safekeeping? But we're actually in their medicine chest and their safety product yeah. section. We're in um, Bed Bath & Beyond. We are also in um, several independent drugstores. Um, what our biggest, one of our most strategic clients that we have is Pernix Therapeutics, and they make an opioid. And what they do is they actually buy a safer lock for every single patient that gets prescribed their wow. medication. They're very committed to keeping their, their patients safe with their opioids, so they actually buy them and provide them to the patient. Very timely with the opioid crisis going yes, on. Yes, very much. Um, so just maybe for those who don't know, what is the some key background about um, um, people breaking into these things for, um, and stealing prescription medications? Well, I think, you know, you can hardly turn the TV on without finding out about the opioid crisis. And, you know, the problem that we're trying to solve is that first time that someone pilfers or sneaks a drug, and what's happening is over 150 people a day are dying of opioid overdose. So it's turned into a, a national health epidemic for the United States. It's, it's incredible. 80% of the, the world's opioids are prescribed in, in the U.S. alone. Um, it started, you know, in 1995 when the first op opioid started hitting the market, and it kind of quietly took root with people getting addicted. And now it's just it's it's a very very serious epidemic. So it's it's pretty exciting to be a part of a program that's not only building a really viable business but um, solving a, a health crisis that is ravaging our our nation. And you know, whether it's young people and just a few statistics. 90% of people that get addicted to opioids get addicted in their teenage years when their brains are still developing. 70% mm -hmm. find those opioids in the home medicine chest and only 3% of families lock them up. Wow. So our goal is to slide that 3% and make less and less access mm -hmm. to, to teens. So it may really making a, a big difference in the world. A very big difference. It's not the only thing that's gonna solve the crisis, but it'll be something that helps on the prevention side to keep it and over 3,000 kids a day start wow. using prescription drugs for the very first time. Wow. 3,000 kids a day. Wow, that's incredible. So you've come into this, uh, you said about a year ago? Mm -hmm. So how have things changed, or what has been your focus coming in and, to, and leading here um, at Gatekeeper? So so really, when I, when I talked to the team uh, about a little over a year ago, uh, they were looking for someone who had experience in scaling and structuring an organization. They have been working really hard to get traction, and now they're ready for someone to come and, and join the team that had some experience in, in, in that kind of way. So I've come in and I've helped to really kind of solidify our strategies, look at um, how do we want to make our organization very efficient, putting in standard processes and tools, and um, just really helping the team with the connections and, and focus that we need to, to move forward. So where are you guys at now as far as um, scaling and revenue and growth um, and, and that kind of thing? Well, we are getting steady revenue, and we actually, um, Pernix has probably tripled their their um, orders with us, and we are getting new orders every day from various channels that we sell to. Um, we have been fundraising and we've 
raised quite a bit of money through our angel network and um, you know this the pre-seed if you will the notes and we're just now getting ready to go after our series a which is a big partnership that we have with fourth wave ah, well good segue let's talk <laughs> about fourth wave a little bit you're you're part of the first cohort of fourth wave which is a, a local startup accelerator here focused on female founders so tell us Tell people a little bit about Fourth Wave first and then about your experience in this first cohort, what you've okay. learned, how they've helped. Yeah, you know, I'm very excited about Fourth Wave. And so Fourth Wave is a organization that has selecting startup, not, not early stage startup, but startup companies that already have traction, have a proven business model, and they're really ready for growth capital. And what Fourth Wave's goal is to do two things. One is to, to help those companies raise that capital through their connections and, and various avenues. But also they have another thing that is really cool, which is conscious leadership. And they're looking at different ways to make sure that not only are we growing the companies uh, from a financial perspective, but also from a, um, a really nice uh, you know, conscious leadership and, and building companies that people want to work for that can grow and stand the test of time. So what, what I'm doing with Fourth Wave has is, is been, you know, taking full advantage and, and really getting ready for this Series A. We, all, we have everything we need from a company and getting our slide decks and on all of that, but, but they're really helping with very um, conscious um, connections with the right, the right uh, venture capital groups that are interested in the products that we have, the business that we have, and what we're at this stage of the company. So they're... They're doing a lot with the connections that um, we may not have access to. Awesome. So you're, you're going to be look, going out looking for a Series A, which I understand takes a lot of time and effort. Um, so as, aside from that, what what are those, what else is on the horizon for for you guys? You guys, it looks like you've got some other products that you're you're coming out with. We do. Um, we do actually. Uh, let's talk about those a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So we just in the last two months came out with the Safer Lock box, which is. We have a white version, we have a black version, so we're testing some different markets uh, in terms of the box. So what's nice about the box is that if you have multiple medications, or if you have medications that don't fit in a bottle necessarily, you can easily store them in the box. Um, so we've been focused a lot on that to make sure that we have those ready, and we're getting some amazing reception from this uh, through coalitions and, and many different channels that, that we have access to. So it's kind of nice for our clients to have something else that we can introduce them to as, a, um, as another product to sell. Um, the other thing that we've done that's, that's really exciting is we have, the engineering team has designed a new cap. Uh, we're calling it a modular cap. So it has the exact same functionality as this cap, but it's 40% smaller. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna help reduce our costs, manufacturing costs. But the other thing about this cap is that the top of the cap will remain the same. It's where the locking mechanism is, and the bottom of the cap can be adapted to any bottle out there. As you know, there's many different types of closures, like I showed you this one, which is the one-click, um, the push and turn, there's the you know push-down turn, all the different child lock, safety lock type bottles. Um, but we'll be able to t just change the bottom part here without re-engineering this. And in the past, we'd have to re-engineer the top completely. And this is going to reduce, make our, our product more competitive from a, a cost perspective, but it's also going to make it very modular so we can adapt to any, any closure that we might come in contact with with our various sales channels. So constant innovation. Yeah, the team, it's a great team that, you know, a team of uh, young people that have, uh, that were going to Sac State at the time. They were in the entrepreneurship program here at Sac State. 
and um, you know saw this opportunity through a real serious need of the problem in the market and um, they've done amazing and not only not only have they produced uh, Joseph Simpson who is the inventor has produced a very viable uh, solution to this problem um, Nathan Langley who is the other co-founder has become a thought leader in the nation on abuse deterrent packaging for opioids which is really really great uh, and it's just it's really neat to be a part of the Sacramento community the entrepreneur community community I think there's a ton of collaboration and people wanting to help whether it's groups of investors or other startup companies or just facilitators and anything we need I, I can't tell you how many times I'm out somewhere in the community and I meet someone that says well what can I do to help who can I connect you with um, you know who have you who's invested so far and who, who would you think as a perfect investor and how can I help connect you and, and um, there's a different vibe right now going on in Sacramento it's you know I've been I've been at this since I left my my longtime career at HP eight years ago and I can tell you from that time eight years ago till now in the last few years things are moving and shaking here in Sacramento and it's just really how do you characterize fun. that what are some of the key differences um, I would say there's there's uh, well there's more action there's more activities around startups there's more avenues for startups uh, before there there might have been a few things like startup grind didn't exist eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, the Hive and all these places were, weren't as well known, and now there's many more of those types of places. So there's a lot of ways to start a company, not only, you know, it's kind of lonely when you're by yourself trying to start <laughs> something, but now you can go into these collaboration centers, and not only are there a place to work with internet, there's like resources there to help you get started. Um, but, but I think it's the ecosystem that's being created in Sacramento that's really different. I, I know in the past people think of it as, as, a, as kind of an extension of Silicon Valley, but I think there's a sense of pride here now that, yeah, while we do always want to collaborate with other other groups in other cities, um, we have a lot to be proud of right here in Sacramento. A lot of our own connections, and we also have startups are starting to you know turn over to um, successes that yeah. we can point to and and people that we can go to and show us you know how they've done it, and they're always willing to give back, which is really phenomenal. And you guys are there or going to be there soon yourself? Yeah. We're going to be that. We're going to be that next group that's awesome. helping the next group. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you think, you know, you've talked about a lot of progress. What do you see we need, still needs improvement? Where, we, where should we focus our energy to improve the startup scene here in Sacramento? Well, I think we need more, I'll just be really blunt, okay? Good, good. <laughs> Is that all right? Sure. I think we need more real funds. I think we have a lot of, uh, we have investors and we have different processes, but I'd like to see us have more actual funds here, um, venture funds, where we're actually investing. And I know there's a few of them starting up and there's a few that have been here for a while, but there's not a lot. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of putting all your eggs in that basket or going outside of town. And, and still there's many, many companies have to go much broader than Sacramento to get funded. And I'd like us to, I'd like us to um, you know, kind of have Sand Hill part two or something, <laughs> some little, you know, kind of system where we, where we have a group of venture funds that are, that are really looking at Sacramento as a place to invest, not only in the great innovation, but the region itself. Okay. So I mean, kind of coming back to the fourth wave uh, idea a little bit, the female founder focus that they've got um, with, with their incorporation here in the city and, and the, the work that Tracy and, and her, her people do there. I kind of wonder if we can really make Sacramento kind of a, a hub or a mecca for female founders. And I kind of wonder what, uh, like, sometimes I want to throw that out there and, and see how people react to that. Because um, it's, it's a big issue, diversity and, 
and inclusion and decency and all the all these issues coming out with with tech founders and, and, and Uber and oh, yeah. 500 startups. What are your thoughts on, on maybe Sacramento leading the way? In I would love that. As a matter of fact, when I when I left, one of the other projects I did is I wrote a book called Woven Leadership, The Power of Diversity and Transforming Organizations to Success. So diversity, the true power of diversity, which is bringing together many different groups, many different people, um, personality, perspective, everything, is just, it's just so powerful. So first of all, I, I really do believe that that's, that's a, that's a powerful combination and if we could figure out how to do that here and show other regions and other places how powerful it is because it's not just a check the box that's mm -hmm. that's not that's not the that's not what's good it's what it is is really excuse me really working it and really really seeing the power of it uh, but having having Sacramento be a region that embraces all different types of diversity and has a real good foothold on showcasing that women leaders are making a difference would be phenomenal. Yeah. I think we can do it. I think I think the fourth wave is starting that. I think they're starting more than just um, assisting us. They're they're starting a movement, putting it putting a movement afoot. So good. I like glad to hear that because I you know like like tracing a fourth wave. I think we've started a movement here and I think we can be a shining light for people to to, to attract people. Yeah. And and the best way to do that is be just highly, highly successful and that's yeah. what we're gonna do. Okay. So. So, kind of starting to wrap things up a little bit, do you have, what kind of words or advice do you have for other startup founders or, or people coming into on starting their companies? Um, you know, I think some of the best advice that I've been given that I would like to pass along is just don't give up. I mean, sometimes it's not going to be what you thought it was at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, it never is. I, I don't know of anyone that started a company and said, I'm building this and didn't end up with something that was some iteration or morphing into something else. And even though the product has stayed the same with this company, the way that we're attacking the market has definitely changed over time. The team has tried many different channels and different avenues, and it's all about continuing to try to you hit that vein and you know, okay, this is this is the way to go. And and um, just don't give up because you you have a passion and um, you want to make something happen and and just keep keep looking and being creative on different avenues. Yeah, don't give up, but be flexible enough to shift yeah, if needed. Yeah, and I mean, don't beat your head up against the wall by trying the same thing over and over. You know, look at different ways to attack the same problem mm -hmm. and be creative is really, is really the advice that I would give. Okay. Any last shout-outs or uh, anything to anybody out there? Well, I, my, my main shout-out is to the team here at Safer Lock, uh, amazing group of people. We're a very small team that is working super hard, doing the hustle, as they say, to, to make things happen. So just big props. I'm very fortunate to be here. I always tell the team that I'm here supporting them to make this happen. And um, and the fourth wave, too. I think the fourth wave has been a real breath of fresh air in the Sacramento Valley, so I really appreciate that. Okay, before I forget, um, where do people find you on the web? SaferLockRx.com. SaferLockRx.com. And for fourth wave, it's fourthwave.io, I believe, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, and we wish you all the best of luck and look forward to more great things coming out of here. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for coming by. All right.